He can sing. He can dance. He has the energy to stay up all night. Co-host Diego here. And if you want to know what I'm talking about, Willis, Willis Lord of DeVore, of course. If you want to have the same energy and endurance like he has, get some rogue energy. Go to the DiegoDeVoreShow.com or UCWForever.com and click on that rogue energy banner. Or you can even go to their website, RogueEnergy.com. Pick out one or several of their amazing flavors. And at the checkout, please enter the promo code Diego and Divorce Show. That's Diego Shift 7 Divorce Show. Diego and Divorce Show and receive 10% off your total order today. All my friends, they says, hey, what are you listening to over there? And I say, hey, I'm over here now listening to the Diego and Devore show. You hear? I hear. Oh! Pro wrestling, paranormal, and all things entertainment. From parts unknown, way unknown, here they are, Lord Everett Devore and co-host Diego. They are the Diego and Devore show. Welcome to another episode of the Diego and DeVore Show. His Lordship, Lord Ed DeVore, is on vacation and he wishes his followers champagne wishes and caviar dreams to all. On this episode of the Diego and DeVore Show, we have one member of an amateur ghost hunting crew who started this about a year ago as something fun to do, but soon they realized that they might be onto something very crazy out there, folks. Uh, in, a, in about seven months, their YouTube channel has grown to over 2,000 subscribers. The group is Ghost Bros. Please welcome a new friend of the Diego and DeVore show and member of the Ghost Bros, Armand Ansari. Armand, welcome to the Diego and DeVore show. Diego, thank you. It's honestly a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm happy I got through that intro, man. For those of you who don't know, man, I've flipped this like four or five times already, and uh, it's very exciting for me. I don't know. You're too um, hard on yourself. I am very hard on myself. It's... Hey, I appreciate you being on because I know that um, I've been trying to get you on here for a little while. We've been back and forth. The emails finally got you here. We're very excited about this. I know his lordship's going to be listening. But before we dive into Ghost Bros, and I know every story has a beginning, um, can you tell us a little bit about your background? So how is this something that you grew up with, personal experience, or is this just something that just culminated over a few years? Yeah, that's interesting. I think the closest experience I had to anything was just growing up and watching like ghost adventures and ghost shows. That was about it. I had nothing personal happen to me. But, you know, I personally grew up in a a very religious home. So any talk of like ghosts or spirits uh, was automatically negative. It was associated like uh, with demonic things. And we don't talk about it. We stay away from it. And the older I got and more independent, it just really piqued my curiosity. Is is it possible that there are ghosts out there? Is it possible that they're all bad or they're all demonic and evil? I mean, that, that can't be the case if it's true that they're all bad. So it really just stemmed from eventually growing up and being more independent, thinking for your own, and just just that curiosity of somebody always telling you no or something's bad. And you're just curious, is that really the case? I think mostly to tell you that because I think it's what's out there in the media or sometimes a lot of these groups are people who say they said see, seen things or done things that wind up being fixed much like you know and you and I have a background on this where especially in the church and in the late 80s early 90s when the televangelists were out there mm-hmm. it's just kind of put a really bad taste in people's mouths when it comes to you know church and things like that same things with the paranormal I believe that's why people think it's all bad yeah 
A hundred percent. And and as soon as you hear like spirits, you think of uh, your people's mind goes like possessions and these horrible demonic dark things. And and that just, in my opinion, um, it's just not the case. That's just not the case. No, and you know another thing that we talked about because we always here on the Jig on Divorce we have the pre interview show where we get to know each other a little bit. And I know that you and I have some history going to church, and I think we've run around the same circles. And one of the things that in my mind is that when you read the Bible, and I'm not trying to take anybody anywhere they don't want to be or, you know, convert yeah, anybody, yeah. but, you know, the Bible is a very supernatural book. So in a sense, it makes sense that maybe you took an interest in this, not only because people telling you it's all bad, but it's, but why is it bad? Let me look into this. Yeah, because, I mean, not to get too biblical, but then you hear the Holy Spirit, and that's good. I mean, that's supposed to be Jesus. So it's just, um, it, it all that just growing up made me more curious. And then of course you watch the ghost shows on TV, like so many young guys do, and you think it's cool and there's nothing more fun than just getting your buddies together and going and exploring a empty place in the dark. It's very like reminiscent of childhood and running around at night with flashlights and stuff like that. So that's really how all this started for us was just grabbing. Um, it started with me and one buddy. And then over the next few months, other people saw what we were doing and thought it was cool. So it's, it's five really good friends at this point. And it all started with just us thinking it was cool hanging out at night and going to these places that honestly had so much history. And that really is kind of nerdy for us of just loving where we were going and, and, finding out the history of these places that we were at and then over time the more we did it 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 got more serious and that's the great thing about going exploring it doesn't matter in what path you are where you're into bigfoot paranormal ufos you always want to go somewhere where there's rich in history yes great learning experience but let me let me ask you this before we we dive into ghost bros and sure and we talk about the other guys in the group you said growing up you heard a lot about you know the demons and spirits you know i understand where you're coming from but you say you you, did you ever have an experience yourself or other than watching the TV shows, were there other people confessing to you experiences they've had that help you as well, you know, influence you to get involved? Yeah, I would say the I don't want to speak for other guys in the group, but I know that that's one thing that we all have in common is that they all believe that they have had these experiences at some point in, our, in their life. The one that I can give you and I, I remember it clearly, was fifth grade in, in Ohio. We have a place called Camp Kern that they kind of do a little overnight camping trip. And it was in this old cabin. There's probably 20 boys in bunk beds. And I woke up in the middle of the night. And it sounds crazy, but I woke up at the, I was at the top of the bunk bed. And I just saw this woman who was in these old ratty clothes. And it looked like 20 young kids, boys and girls, just walking into this cabin and just standing over all the beds. And I thought, you know, sometimes you're dreaming and you kind of know you're dreaming. I mean, I thought I was just out of it, but I was seeing them so clearly. And I wadded, I took a sock off, wadded it up and threw it at my buddy in the top bunk bed next to me. And I was like, are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? And he said, no, I don't see anything. And I was seeing it with my own two eyes. Uh, I, that was fifth grade. I still talk to him to this day. He still makes fun of me for it. It was, I was awake. I was sober and I saw it with my own two eyes. And that was, that has, that's always stuck with me wide awake. And you're seeing these things, these people all around you that aren't there. I don't know if that's supernatural or paranormal, but it's, it's something. I mean, you remember it vividly. Um, I've had similar experiences, you know, as well as not long ago, but other than that experience in fifth grade, anything else from there or? 
I've heard uh, horror stories about the house my mom grew up in. And I think when you, so my grandma lived there and then you kind of have that in your head and then you go visit her and sometimes you look for things. So of course you can uh, trick your mind into believing some things. But to be honest, no. And and I don't know if it's I was too oblivious to see anything in the outside world, but I personally have not had any major experiences since fifth grade, I would say. Up until now, now that you go into these locations, you know, certainly things have been popping up. But before we get into some of your latest things, let's talk about the other members of your group. Because I, yeah. Who are they? What are their specialties? What do they bring to the group? Yeah, absolutely. So I and I think that kind of ties into that point where I say that I haven't seen or felt anything since fifth grade. I'm somebody who's extremely skeptical. And like I said, this all started kind of just to be funny to go film in these abandoned places and, and just go hang out at night. Um, so I think that's what makes our group really special is we're not five guys who all believe in this gun ho and, and we see a spirit, we see a ghost and we believe it. We have probably split down the middle of people who are religious, who are not, uh, who are very skeptical, who believe it. It really helps keep us accountable of what we're seeing and videotaping and believing because um, we're able to keep each other on track. You know, people are able to convince us that what we saw maybe has an explanation behind it. So I would say if you're talking specifically about the guys in the group, um, my best friend, Elliot, he is incredible at just that intuition, you know, some people just feel things and not necessarily just supernatural or anything like that, but he just knows if uh, something's around him or something feels off, if something's not right. I mean, even outside of the paranormal, he's always been like a compass to me. So he has that great ability. My buddy Sabian, who's another one on the team, he is the most fearless person I know. And he's really great at pushing us to our limits because he doesn't get scared. He'll go anywhere by himself in the dark without a flashlight. And he really keeps us on track to we're here for a reason. Let's do it. Don't be scared. And we all need one of those guys. Uh, Trevor, he's incredible when it comes to the tools that we use. Um, if you're familiar, I know you've talked to people on here before using Spirit Box and SC's method. He uh, can hear things, pick up on things like nobody's business. I mean, he really helps us. He's the conduit to me from the person on the team to the tools. I mean, he's incredible with that. And then we have Caleb, who is, I would say, probably not only among the bravest, but also the one that keeps us on track the most. He's the one that um, keeps us honest uh, when we're looking at footage. He's the one that is more skeptical. So he's not like, oh, it's a shadow. It must be a ghost. He's let's analyze this. Let's look at this. It it could be something else. So hopefully that's a good enough explanation. We're not all the same. We're able to help each other in ways that uh, I think has made us semi-successful to this point. No, that's a very healthy dynamic. It helps answers questions instead of it all saying, oh, it's a ghost or it's this. You're like, well, no, it could be this. It could be that now. But now you've been into this for a little while now. For those in your group as yourself or might be skeptic, from being 100% skeptic, how about now? Has you seen things or experienced things that maybe maybe now you're maybe 90% skeptic? And yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this all, like I said, started as just a joke playing around. I think the first couple, we didn't have any tools or equipments. We were just going in and filming places. And you can go on YouTube and watch those videos and nothing happens. It's just we're making jokes. We're not taking it seriously. And then something happened around last summer when we went to Loveland Castle. I know you're from Ohio and Middletown. I don't know if you've ever been to Loveland Castle. Um, 
but it's this old building. Uh, it's a castle in ruins over here in the middle of Cincinnati. And that's when we started hearing our names on spirit boxes. That's when we started all of a sudden out of nowhere doing like five of these and nothing happening. Our names were coming through. Things that uh, we were talking about earlier in the night were coming through on the spirit box. We saw shadows. There were things that uh, not necessarily poltergeist activity, but things were moved. Uh, there were cat toys moving and going off. I mean, just all these things that we had not experienced for months and months doing these. And then just one night, we still talk about it. That's the night we all kind of woke up and we were like, this, there may be something here. There may be something to this. We've been playing with this enough. Maybe we've poked the bear a little and we've crossed that line and we're we're engaging with something, if that makes sense. Yeah, and now that you're kind of knee deep into this, instead of becoming as a, as a, a joke or a goof, and now it's you found what you were looking for in a sense. Yeah. Um, how do you go about choosing a location? Because I know, you know we'll get again into the Randolph County Asylum later on, because that was really, I really want to get into that. How do you go about choosing a location? Do you get an email from somebody or do you do your research to say, well, let's go here or there? I, the research is part of the fun part. So like I said, we all love history. So for us, I mean, we want to make sure that it's somewhere we can go within a day or a day and a half. We all have kids and wives and work and stuff. So selfishly, it's the convenience. But beyond that, um, Caleb and I spend hours, I mean, literally hours just going through places that um, we believe if we're going to go, it sounds bad. You know, we don't want to waste our time. We want to go places that we've seen videos of or heard things that like you're going to go here and most likely get something if you take it seriously if you if you make the right move so a lot of it is that you know prior success with other paranormal groups and the other like i said is just finding places with incredible history and and i think we've been really lucky to find these hidden gems you wouldn't think of it in ohio kentucky indiana but there's so many incredible places here to explore real hidden gems and, and i think we've been really fortunate with that out of all the locations you've been, I know you've been pretty much compared to other groups of very together a very short time. Yeah. The first location that you went to, not the very first one, what I'm trying to say is the first location you all went to and that's the time when something happened. It was mm -hmm. undeniable. Can you recall that date or where it was? Yeah, again, I think it was that Loveland Castle. It was all of us. It was the first time we at, we were like, let's just take this serious. After maybe five or six investigations, we were like, let's actually take this serious. That was the first time we actually bought a spirit box and brought it with us. And we just kind of went in with that mindset of let's be serious. Let's not make jokes. Let's let's respect the place. And I think that's something so many times when I watch videos and I, and we were guilty of it at first, too. You know, it sounds cheesy, but these places, if there are spirits in there, they they do have feelings to an extent. And, and, and like we said, so much rich history. History, you really have to show the place and the people they respect. And that was the first time we actually walked in there and we we introduced ourselves. We sat around the table and we were like, you know, I'm Armand, I'm Caleb, I'm Sabian. And, and we come here with respect. It's a beautiful place. We just want to tell your story and, and we just want to hear from you. We did that. And it was the first time after doing this for months where we were hearing our name, like I said, on the spirit box. We were hearing the employees names that we met earlier in the night there. And wow. it was uh we had learned like two kids were uh, drowned in the lake behind it in like the 40s. And then their names came through and it said drowned. And I mean, just all these pieces come through the spirit box that I was, again, very skeptical to use. It it kind of freaks you out the first time you hear your name on a spirit box. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. So sorry about the spirit box. Are there any, is there any other equipment you're using now? Because I know you first started with that. And of course, there's video and there's pictures, have you graduated something more since the spirit box or is that the main go-to? I think the spirit box, uh, the very first thing we ever bought was just the little EMF detectors. 
And that was a ton of fun to take places. But with five guys sharing one EMF detector, we were like, if we're going to take this series, we should buy more. So, yeah, we've upgraded to two spirit boxes because we're going like the Randolph Asylum, places that are so big and we separate. Um, the spirit box is great. I mean, I've heard you had wonderful guests on here who can explain it better than me. But the spirit box is great for many reasons. And the, and the one that we've been doing the last two times is called the Estes Method, which I was unfamiliar with till till Trevor told us about it. And it's really where the person has headphones on, noise-canceling headphones on, you're blindfolded in another room we're like whispering questions uh in one room and they're yelling out things in the spirit box down the hall not being able to hear what we're asking and the answers line up perfectly so the sc's method with the spirit box is really amazing um we obviously use like a lot of cat toys um we just started with last week using laser grids um, motion detectors rim pods one thing i mean just little things in in our home closet here i have you know, you open up the closet door and the, there's a motion light that comes on. I just took it off the wall and took it with us to Randolph and we put them in the hallways just to see if they would go off. And so just using household things, you know, you don't always have to get the fanciest equipment. And then, of course, a, vo a voice recorder. So how do, you, how do you prepare yourself for these? Because everybody has their own ways to prepare themselves for an investigation. With your background, how do you prepare yourself I think um, watching as many videos as I can of other people inside uh, so I can be prepared. That's the other thing I'll tell you out of the whole group. I'm not embarrassed to admit I'm the most scared and I'm the first one to say, like, let's leave. Let's get out of here. So I think the more familiar I am with pictures and videos of the place that helps uh, personally. I mean, I do. I would say I'm, I probably am the more religious one in the group still, and I am not afraid to admit that I do a lot of prayer before, during, and after. I mean, they've heard me whispering to myself in the room before just to give me some sort of peace uh, of mind about it. So, yeah, there is there is the preparation of the whole mental mental spirit there. The question for me, because I know they're – and I won't name names because these are people from other groups or television shows, but has anybody – in your group, and you can want to say their names or not, where some of this have, has followed them home, because I know that there's been other investigators from in other groups where they've had issues with their marriage or their family or their personal life, where whatever was at that location keeps following them. Yeah, I I don't think in that capacity. Uh, to an earlier point, I think people always think you go to these places, it's always an evil spirit. And there's so many places we've walked through where, yeah, it's creepy. You're at an abandoned place at night, but you can almost have a peaceful feeling about some of these places. Some of these places are just so beautiful and, you, you know, you feel a spirit there maybe, but it's not threatening or scary. It's it's almost comforting sometimes. We've left places and we were like, yeah, we heard stuff, but it was almost peaceful. It, it, it was it was sweet. Um, I think we've called places before. I will say um, the first time we've had an issue was last Friday at the Randolph County Asylum. Not to not to jump the gun. No, uh, go for it. We all split up. Some of us were on the first floor and some of us were on the attic. And uh, it's clear as day on video. Two of us were on the main floor and we were like, you know, Trevor's in the attic. If someone's up in the attic, can you touch him on the shoulder? Can you be forceful with it? Can you touch him on the shoulder? And we walkied Trevor upstairs and he's, we said, Trevor, we just asked for it to touch you somewhere. We never told him where. And he just said, I welcome it. And uh, nothing ever happened. We, we never thought twice about it. We never ever even ended up telling Trevor where he was touched. And then the next morning he texted all of us a picture on his back of a red handprint. He was not burned, but it looks like a burned handprint. And uh, he put his hand up next to it, his wife's hand up next to it. It's 
probably to me the scariest thing that we've caught for the simple fact that I know Trevor is not the type to make it up and we just saw him like four hours earlier so you know it's not him and his wife who could it be and we've never had something happen to us outside of a place that was the first time something happened post investigation well, I mean so it's, it's in the video it's I didn't mean it's in the video I mean it's all there the picture of that hamper and, it, and then us going back and saying you know touch Trevor on the shoulder and that's terrifying to me. <laughs> and I purposely not gone on that channel other than to subscribe. And I really suggested listeners to dig on the board show, go ahead and subscribe to Ghost Bro on YouTube. I purposely didn't want to go there because I, I wanted, didn't want it to affect my questions. Do you know a little bit of the history of the Randolph County Asylum? I, you've had people on here that can do it much better than me. I know it ended up, I know it was like built or was completed being built in, I believe, 1899. I know it started out as like a farmhouse, a poorhouse, all those things. And, and stop me if I'm getting any of this wrong. Uh, I know the big ticket thing that really blew my mind was, you know, they have a couple hundred people in there in this asylum, in this infirmary. And for a while, they only had one doctor, one nurse, and one priest for all the people that were in there and because it's in the middle of nowhere indiana they uh had to have farmers come in there and take care of the patients and obviously the patients are not getting proper care when it's farmers coming in to take care of you am i missing anything you're, you're probably more you've talked to so many people that have been there no it's normally i mean with, with these i mean look they were called asylums back then and yeah. i don't think it's something that's they use those words today mm -hmm. but it, it wasn't the best conditions for anybody to be there no would most likely be some sort of residual energy to where if there was some sort of abuse going on there that it's possible that that spirit will not leave there because it's either trapped or it's very pissed off because of what what, what happened yeah yeah um it, it's interesting i mean like to your point that's an asylum that's an infirmary we visited an infirm an infirmary uh last year fairfield county infirmary and uh, not much happened. We didn't walk away feeling anything. A month ago, we went to the Indiana State Sanitarium. So you talk about people who were just in the hospital dying. And that was one of those places we walked out. And it was like, yeah, it was spooky. We caught a lot of stuff. It was crazy. But it, it was almost a sad feeling when you're there. It's not scary or threatening or evil. It just felt sad. Um, I think we all kind of agreed that we've done, I think, 15 investigations now. And this Randolph County Asylum was, I think, unanimously the darkest place we've been. Now, was that from the experience with the spirits or from the history itself or a combination? I think it was a combination. I think always when you go into a place knowing how horrible people were treated there and you're just kind of lollygagging through the halls doing your thing, I mean, you're there is a heavy feeling with that. Um, but again, I think that this place, we caught the most evidence. Our recorders were picking up voices and knocks that we didn't hear with our ears. Um, we're fortunate enough to have, I think we're working with about 10 cameras now at this point. So we all have one to hold. And then we have cameras spread out all through the building for when we're not even around. And we caught um, cat toys moving, cat toys going off. We caught motion lights going off, REM pods going off. I mean, you name it. The jail door opens on its own and it's a little dark but you can hear that heavy door because there's a jail cell inside there moving either opening or shut on its own i mean uh, I, the most poltergeist activity we've caught i believe was at this asylum and normally on, on a typical investigation i understand that it's not always the first night you're there or the second night it's actually some of these investigations could take up to days or weeks before even anything happens yeah, 100 percent. There's nowhere we've done two days. Um, we're doing our first road trip in February. So that'll be our first run at, you know, a two day extravaganza. But, um, you know, we start most of these places around 8 p.m. And we usually leave around 
4 a.m. So we're really not there a long time. But to your point, you never jump in at 8 p.m. and start catching stuff. It it almost feels like sometimes the spirits have to warm up to you a little bit. They want to hear your name. They want to see how you interact. They want to see if you're kind of worth their time to interact with and, and do something. So I would say half the night, you know, you're watching a 10 minute video and you're like, oh, they got so much stuff. But we're there for seven hours and there's a lot of times where we're not getting anything. And, and I, I think that can be misleading when you watch people's videos. It's not like this is a madhouse and you're just catching something every minute. You're, you're watching a very short period of time of a, of a long night. So in a sense, these spirits are testing you to see if you're worth even talking to. I mean, really, right? That's how I feel. I mean, there's a lot of people that go through these places, you know, several times a week and, you know, I never want to speak for a spirit or anything, but would you if go out of your way to just talk to any everybody every night who's just coming into your home that you died in or anything? And, you know, a lot of people come in like we used to, not with a little disrespectful attitude of just like, hey, we're here to have fun and we're just walking through your halls. And I don't know, I, I feel like they want to know maybe that you're there for the right reason, that you come with respect. And that's something that we really capitalize on now whenever we walk into a place, taking it serious. You never know who's watching. No, sure. No, do you want to take it seriously for the sake, you know, for the spirits and your your time being there in whatever location. But also there's a responsibility when it comes to how you report these things, especially now with the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And I know you've gotten in a short amount of time around 2000 subscribers. So I think your team owes it to the viewer to make sure that you guys are on point. A hundred percent. I think off the top of my head, we've done four or five I think four or five investigations where we've actually gone, spent the night a place, filmed a ton, and nothing happened. And we just don't post it because there's so many videos on YouTube at this point of people doing what we do. We're not that special. It's We're fortunate if someone sits there and watches our 10-minute video. So we want to make sure that they're watching something that's entertaining, that they'll come back for more. They don't want to watch a 10-minute video where nothing happens, and we certainly won't make anything up. So like I said, we have four or five videos that we just never posted, never uploaded because we don't want someone to sit there and watch something and be bored with it right in, in today's time where everybody has a short attention span yeah. they really they cut to the quick unless they get to this mm -hmm. um but there are certain things where it's worth your time and investment to wait for something to happen because you really got to see the the whole scope of the investigation yeah you got to see it build up yeah and so with that how has the feedback been with your videos on youtube i think uh on a personal level, I definitely have family members who hate that I do it. My wife doesn't love that I do it. Uh, she's worried I'm going to bring something home back home to, with our baby. Um, and I know a few of our buddies' spouses, you know, don't love that we do it. But for the most part, the comments, the views, the likes, we've been really fortunate to uh, to have kind of the warm reception that we do. And on TikTok, we get so many comments of people saying, like, you guys are brave, you guys are tough. And none of us really are. So it's nice that it can look that way. Um, but it's been really nice because we all started this, like I said, it's just something to do something different. And we just kind of wanted to have fun and over time it, it became serious. So the fact that people are actually watching what we're doing and, and enjoying it is, is extremely flattering. We don't take that for granted. I mean, don't sell yourself short. Um, I think it takes a certain level of being brave to just even go into a location like that. Yeah. That's I, my wife's surprised that I do that but i won't go to the basement by ourselves by myself sometimes to, to get the laundry <laughs> it's it's weird how i turn that on and off no i completely understand <laughs> so let's talk about ghost bros um please websites social media how can the listeners of the Diego and the board show find out more about your team 
Yeah, uh, thank you. So um, our TikTok is just Ghost Bros 2022. Bros is B-R-O-S, Ghost Bros 2022. And on YouTube, I believe it is Ghost Bros and then 3733. This is Diego and DeBoer Show. You can go on my Twitter. I'm following these guys, so subscribe to your YouTube, follow them on Twitter. And uh, you said Facebook as well? Or? I don't believe we've made a Facebook. We're, we're, uh, we'll, we'll get on that. Let's, let's go back because I know... You say you have other investigations planned. Yeah. So where are we, where are we going? So uh, in two weeks, we're going back to Waverly Hills Sanitarium, which is the first place we ever went a year and a half or so ago. So we're going on our anniversary uh, of Waverly Hills. That was our very first one. We just kind of did a tour, walked through. We had no equipment, nothing, one camera. So now that we have all these tools, um, we're going to go back and see if we catch anything. And then in February, we're planning um, three investigations in 36 hours. So we're heading down to Kentucky to do the Octagon Hall, which is a Civil War kind of uh, building in the woods that was used as kind of a triage uh, during the ar- during the war. Um, and then we're going to do an opera house the next morning and then a funeral home in the night. So we're excited for that three in 36 hours. And then uh, I know in next few months, we're, we just did signed up for the uh, Brushy Mountain Penitentiary in tennessee that's a marathon paranormal hunting virus. we're in it now we're in it now we were sucked into it it's addicting so with that let's let's if we go outside of the paranormal for a second what are your thoughts on other things as such as i like, say ufos or bigfoot is there because sometimes these things don't they do mix or don't mix but what are your views on that i don't know about the other guys so just speaking for armand i am a huge ufo believer i had a relative growing up who um she was married into the family, and she told us that on her dad's deathbed, he worked for the military, that he uh, worked for Area 51 as a guard, and that aliens were real, and that they've been here, and we've had them for a long time. And uh, ever since then, hearing that, I, I was sucked in. So I am a firm believer in, in aliens and UFOs. You can't convince me otherwise that we're the only ones out there. That's going to be a show we'll do another day. I think we, we're going to have hours to talk about that. I could go on for hours. Please, <laughs> someone will listen to me. Oh, no, and I think they will, especially with what you guys are doing. And you have a paranormal marathon coming up, your anniversary back at Waverly. So what is the change of approach this time? Because I know at first, you know, fun and games, just, you know, as an experiment. But now you're better prepared. What's the strategy this time? Yeah, so this is interesting. We started out with um, four guys when this was kind of a joke. um, And two of them can't make it. So we're actually bringing two people, myself and another, uh, who have been there before. And then we're bringing two people who have not been there. So half of us have been there and half of us have not to see, you know, what the vibe and the feeling is. And then of course, we're bringing all of our tools and equipment. So we didn't have any of this stuff a year and a half ago. So coming in and seeing if we can catch anything, because we caught nothing the first time. You know, it's great going back on the one year anniversary, yeah. better prepared, better knowledge. And I think that uh, you may be surprised what you see, because I think now the spirits are like, well, I think these guys are for real now. I think we're going to have <laughs> to say a couple things. Yeah, I hope so. We welcome that. Absolutely. So if you don't want one more time, let's go over your social media. So that way the listeners of the Diego and Divorce show can find out more about what you guys do. Yeah, thank you, Diego. So TikTok is Ghost Bros 2022. And our YouTube channel, please subscribe as Ghost Bros 3733. Awesome, man. Listeners to Diego and Divorce Show. Find out more about what's going on with the Diego and Divorce Show. Go to DiegoDivorceShow.com. Visit us on Twitter. Visit my Twitter account as well. I'm going to be pushing this episode pretty good. You'll know more about Ghost Bros and Armand and what he does. These boys are the real deal. Armand, 
It's been a pleasure having you on the Diego and DeVore show, and uh, I'd like to bring you back sometime next year. 2023 is fast approaching. I'd like to get you on the books and uh, see how this goes. We'd be honored. It was a pleasure, Diego. Seriously, thank you for having me. Oh, no, man. Every, the pleasure's on this side of the table. Trust me. Thank you for being on. Listeners to the Diego and DeVore show. Like I said earlier, go to the DiegoDeVoreShow.com or UCWForever.com for all your Ultimate Championship Wrestling news. And you know the news about divorce vacationing itself on the DiegoDeVoreShow.com on mine. Thank you once again for being on the Diego and Divorce Show. Please check out Ghost Bros on their YouTube channel. They're going to blow your socks off. And as his lordship always says at the end of every show, his copyright trademark moniker, the man always says, stay safe. The Diego and Divorce Show. Every week, co-host Diego and Lord DeVore talk about pro wrestling, paranormal, entertainment, and beyond. Catch them on anchor.fm slash Diego dash DeVore Show. Spotify, Good Pods, Google Podcasts, or your favorite listening platform. Learn more at facebook.com slash Diego and DeVore Show or on Twitter at Diego and DeVore. It's not just a podcast. They are the Diego and DeVore Show. Copyright the Diego and DeVore Show. All content for the Diego and Divorce Show is the property of the Diego and Divorce Show and is served directly from their servers with no modification, redirects, or rehosting. All celebrity impersonators are paid performers. The impersonated celebrities do not endorse or promote any views or opinions expressed by our guests, or the Diego and Divorce Show.